Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. How are you today, Lori, my super producer? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. Well, yesterday was my son Alex's 39th birthday. And as you know, Lori, the older he gets, the more I'm inclined to say that he is my stepson. (laughs) Because when people start to do the math, they seem puzzled that I could have had a child when I was like 12. Mm -hmm. But he is mine, and I have stories of my being in labor with him for three days to prove it. And Lori, true confession, I was not 11 when I had him. (laughs) I was... 12 right or 13 maybe 13 (laughs) sounds better (laughs) but you know as mothers watching our children grow we find it gratifying to see them embrace the qualities they like about us and reject the ones they don't we help mold their characters psyche and sense of self as they go through the years sparing them pain if we possibly can and trying our best to ensure that they're happy but alas all of this eventually takes its toll on our nervous systems to say nothing of our skin tones. However, there is one mom out there who's managing to do it all and look beautiful while she's at it. And we're going to hear how because she is our guest today. She is Kristen Quinn and she has accomplished what most young mothers only dream about to have a thriving business plus the ability to spend time with her children. Business-wise, Kristen writes Misadventures in Mommyhood, which is a very popular blog with over 50,000 followers. Her subjects range from beauty products to motherhood to tips on parenting and lifestyle. And furthermore, she's been featured on multiple TV and radio shows, is an ambassador to a handful of major corporations and brands, and has won multiple awards for her writing. But most important, she is mom to Pagely Six, Decker Three, and rigs for months. So she is one busy mama. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. That's a great introduction. Thank you so much. You know, I don't think any mother on her deathbed would say, gee, I really wish I had spent more time in the office. So the fact that you can combine it all is so wonderful because it's so important to maintain a career or, or just anything, you know, that fulfills you. So you're doing more with your life and discussing the relative merits of Pampers versus Huggies. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> with other moms. <laughs> yeah, with other moms, right? Uh, but let's start by your telling us a little bit about your life before kids. And I have to mention here that your husband, Sam, was a friend of the birthday boy, Alex, from his days at Brown University. So I knew him yeah. before you did. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, and I've known Alex now since 2001. So. He's, um, he's a great friend, and you should be very proud of him. Um, so I actually had a very busy life before kids, believe it or not. Um, it's definitely not as busy as I am now, but I um, graduated from Boston University in 2001 and then moved to New York uh, to work for Martha Stewart, which was a whole other different story in itself and a different uh, radio broadcast, I think. <laughs> but it was a great job. It was um, really uh, 
really interesting because I worked with all the top, you know, stylists, photographers. I was in retail marketing, so we were working with buyers a lot, um, and it was just great experience for me. I loved being in New York City. Um, and really, if I, I think that if I didn't have kids now, I'd live right in the heart of New York City again. So I, hopefully I can find myself back there at some point. Um, and then, you know, after upon meeting Sam, you know, it was we were doing long, long distance. He was in Boston. So I came back to Boston to be with him and, um, you know, back to where I went to college and started working in sales, actually, for baby products. So I was in sales and marketing there and learned a ton about strollers and, um, you know, any large furniture items that you would use for babies all the way down to outlet covers because the company that I worked for was really famous for um, child-proofing line and they're famous for the baby on board sign. So I worked there for many, many years. I had a small stint in Chicago, so I've been all over the country. Um, while my husband went to business school, I worked for sales there and then I came back and worked for Durrell again. And then when I had my um, my six year my my now six year old, so six years ago, I just thought, my God, I cannot go back to commuting into an office job. Mm-hmm. So I kind of broke out on my own and started writing, which was my major in college. And here I am, six years later, still writing. Right. The rest is the rest is history. Yeah. Um, you know, Kristen. Um, no matter how good a parent we may be, you know, we always feel guilty about something. You know, we've all made mistakes along the way. That's a given. And I'm talking uh, from someone, you know, with older kids or or step or step kids. Wink, wink. Um, for example, you know, my kids will always remember the time I sent them to school when they felt sick, and the nurse, you know, promptly sent them home secretly. I'm sure thinking I was like an unfit mother, or or I missed my my mother's uh, my mother's my daughter's fourth grade kazoo concert uh, because I. Had to work. <laughs> um, right. And I wish there was a, a blog like yours at the time. Uh, you know, I don't think we even had internet, at least when Alex was right. born. So I didn't feel as if I was the only mother on earth who, who went through all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did you get the idea to create an actual blog? Yeah, it's a good question. And I totally appreciate that sentiment because I think that mom guilt just never goes away. It, my, my mom used to say you give birth to guilt when you have a baby. <laughs> but um you know, I when I started writing, there wasn't too many of us, to be honest. I kind of rode the wave. Now there's mommy bloggers everywhere, and it's starting to become a career. And I think Scary Mommy was the one that really broke the mold for all of us. She's you know now huge and has her own line um, of products. But back back then, I was feeling the same way you were feeling, and I was thinking to myself, my God, like if I am an intelligent, you know person, college-educated person with a huge support system, and I'm still feeling like this is the hardest job I've ever had, and I'm still feeling guilty. There's got to be other people that feel this way, and I just needed to write it. I just needed to start writing about it because that was kind of my therapy. And I started showing friends, just, you know, my small circle of friends and family, my writings, and, and all of them convinced me, you know, you've got to start a blog. And I thought to myself, I'm not a blogger. I don't know how to blog. Um, but my sister helped me set up a, a website, and it's literally just taken off from there. And I think, you know, because obviously other people are feeling, other women are feeling this way, other moms, they share it and say, oh, she gets it, you know, and oh, I feel that way, so I'm not alone. And all of a sudden you've created this whole village of, of women that are able to feel somewhat better. I, think, I don't think the guilt ever really goes away, but at least you know that you're not alone in it when you read other people's stories. 
never never goes away. Trust me on this one. <laughs> no, no, there's a, there's always something. You know, they remember. They don't right. remember all the good stuff you've done. They remember that right. one. You know, you gave me pizza for dinner, and you know yeah. it wasn't healthy. And God only knows. But um, but you know the thing is to you know people do write blogs, but then to make it and become an influencer with you know fifty thousand. That's the hard mm-hmm. part. I mean, how do you you just? Oh yeah, it's so friends. hard. And and believe me, it was not easy in any sense of the word. I mean, I just recently started doing it as a full-time job and it's been six years. So um, I I was, you know, lucky that I had a really good, solid background in juvenile products. So after a year of writing and and realizing it was kind of going places and people liked it, I thought, my God, I can mesh these two things together. I've got the marketing background and I have the writing that are that are drawing people to my blog, so why not, you know, reach out to the companies that I already have worked with in the past through my career and it just kind of all came together and I and I I really hope that people are following it because they trust my opinion and I'm very honest and I'm not just going to say, oh, "Okay, I got something free, so I'm going to post about it." I'm I'm going to mm-hmm. say, "I got this product, I used it, it worked." Or it didn't work and I'm not going to I'm not going to tell people that it worked just because I got it. You know what I mean? So right. I think I think it's a very authentic voice, and it's also a little bit tongue-in-cheek. I don't mind making fun of myself. I don't mind being totally, brutally honest, and I think that people appreciate that. Yeah. Now, I've got, you must get tons and tons of pitches, of course, every day to hundreds. include in your blog. Hundreds. Now, what, yeah. um, what makes you notice one more than another and say, gee, I'd like to write about this one? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I really look for innovation in this category because there's it's hard to innovate in this category. You know, these are kids' lives and babies' lives, and there's so many different qualifications and things like that. But but I really look for something different. I think that anybody can go to a manufacturer's website and look up stroller features. But not everybody might not know about this extra special Rachel Zoe, Zoe um, you know, limited edition line. Like, I wouldn't know about that. I'm not, I'm not out, I don't. I don't get out shopping enough to see that at Nordstrom. So I want to be the one that brings that to, you know, the five or six people that were looking for something like that. Or if it's really innovative, like something um, where, you know, it changes your, your life basically. For example, I found these bottles that you only have two parts and you can throw them in the dishwasher versus scrubbing, you know, seven different parts with a bottle brush. If I can give that type of information to people, I want them to think of me as a resource for that. And because, you know, the, the manufacturers on the other side are drawn to the number of people reading it, so they're sending these to me all the time. But I really do try to be selective. Yeah, and, and that's good because then it's just, you know, just randomly post stuff that you actually have tried it or you know someone who's tried it, which mm-hmm. is which makes you credible and that that also your 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 base knows this and they trust you, which is which is great. Yeah. You know, it's hard to it's hard to trust everyone online, I must say. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It really is these days. Uh, now, as we, we mentioned guilt, and I'm, I'm sure most mothers, you know, obviously we all face similar angst, or, or we did, and, and it never ends, you know, as they grow up, it's mm-hmm. different angst, but, uh, and they don't really talk about it, and they, and, they, and they should talk about it more. What are some of the issues that you're finding that are similar uh, throughout? Is it the, other than guilt, do they find that they're... Oh, the, the issues that moms are facing? Yeah, moms facing, yeah, yeah. okay. 
Yeah. Um, oh, let me count the waves. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think a lot. I think the number one thing is skill. I really do. I think structuring enough time between either work and play, or you know, in between the kids that you have. Like if you have multiple kids, splitting your time evenly. I think that's a challenge. Um, I think you know, finances these days are a challenge. I think you know, it's it's hard to live in a really good city with a great school system because the house the housing market is. You know, it's really high. I think that's always a challenge that people face. I think, um, I think technology, the introduction of technology is a challenge. You know, back in, in my day, at least, mm-hmm. my mom would send us outside. And here I try to do that as much as I can. But, you know, there's iPads and there's phones and there's TV. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a lot of that going on, which um, our parents' generation didn't really deal with. So I think, you know, limiting that and making sure that kids are getting enough activity um, especially in the summer. Um, I think those are kind of the three big ones. Um, I would say the the work-life balance is just so up there, whether it's career or, you know, just not getting enough sleep and then feeling like a mom in the morning, like you can mom in the morning um, without that. I think I think that. And I also think maybe a little bit of loss of self, like especially with really young kids when you're just constantly going from morning until night, you know, there's no time to work out. There's no time to surf the internet. There's no time to watch your favorite show. And if there is, you're exhausted and you need to go to sleep. So I think self-preservation is is definitely a challenge that a lot of our, you know, young mothers are facing today. And being organized, you have to be organized because if you're not, it's (laughs) either that or you don't, and maybe you just don't think about it, but I have to be organized to feel okay. (laughs) Exactly. I'm constantly counting like roll call, roll call, like in the car. Do we have all three kids? Do we have the beach bag? Do we have this? Do we have that? I I remember years years ago, we lived in Paris and, and um, we, we, we went on a trip to Italy and we packed the car, we packed the car, we packed the car. And then, uh-huh. uh, you know, lots of stuff, of course, as you know, with babies, it gets easier now because the strollers are smaller and things are, things are yeah, a lot a smaller. So uh, my husband, Bob, is about to take off and I said, um, we're missing something. He goes, mm, what are we missing? I said, uh, it's definitely something missing. I said, oh, where's the baby? He goes, oh, no. <laughs> oh, the baby was on the street in the stroller and oh, <laughs> we packed and we was going to drive off. It was like, uh-oh. Your so, yes, like, it, I know. Yeah. It was, he was there. We just didn't actually put him in the seat. So, oh, oh too funny. Yeah. yeah. It's a but, lot. <laughs> um, you, you know, there's, there's, there's always that one that one mother that that superwoman and and she makes us all look bad you know she gets up at 5 a.m she works out in her home gym she showers answers all her emails she cooks her family a healthy breakfast as opposed to having to meet that you know frozen <laughs> not quite defrosted um yeah. and she ready to go to the office as soon as she takes those equally perfect children to school well i must <laughs> tell you the story and Lori knows it because i've told this before but back in the day I thought that I, I should be that kind of mother. So to make a long story short, I did all of the above, of course, with the exception of working out in my home gym, which I didn't have. Um, and then I rushed my older sons off to school. I took my little girl to nursery school and I was back at my desk and I wrote my column with plenty of time to meet my deadline. And I sat back and thought, you know, who said you can't do it all? Look at me. I am super mom. Well, just then the phone rang and it was Mrs. Butters from the nursery school. And she said, Mrs. Michaels, you know, everything okay at your house? And I said, well, of course, you know, it's wonderful. I said, why? She said, you seem to have sent your daughter to school in her pajamas. So (laughs) just that one little detail you forgot. No big deal. (laughs) Something is not quite right here. So 
my question is there are there perfect mothers who make us all look bad or is this just yeah, a myth? No, and it's funny even when you were introducing me in the beginning I was thinking oh man she's making me sound really great but I, I have to tell you and I try to keep it real on my blog too it is a lot of work and it's not easy it is not easy anybody who's telling you it's easy probably isn't doing something right to be honest and you have to be so weary of social media because people aren't posting the hard stuff they're posting yeah. the great stuff you know so it's easy to look at that and say oh, she's got it all she's doing it all i mean if you look at my social media pages you know i i try to do a good mix of yeah i get to travel with my kids and review resorts and that's all that's all great but there's meltdowns and there it's hard to travel it's not easy not no part of it is you know easy peasy we're breathing through the airport we're we're getting snacks we're doing this it's it's really not easy and in anybody who is saying they're a, a perfect mom I, there's a there's a great quote that I love. It's, there's no um, perfect parents and there's no perfect kids, but there's plenty of perfect moments along the way. And that's kind of the way I like to look at it. You know, we're all going to make mistakes. Nothing's going to be perfect, but enjoy the good stuff and soak the good stuff up. Because for as many, you know, hardships that, as there are, there's just as many good good things, you know. So, yeah, well, and then you miss, yeah. you know, you miss it. You forget about that. It's like pain. You don't remember it. <laughs> you just I know, remember it's like the childbirth, right? <laughs> it's like childbirth. <laughs> you don't remember that. You just remember actually having them. And then you can talk about it because I think every day should be Mother's Day. I don't think there should be yeah. one day, and I don't think children should have birthdays. I think we should be celebrated for having had them. So. I totally agree. <laughs> I think that's a great idea, although I don't think our kids would agree with it. I, no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. But now with the understanding that kids feel that parents exist to mortify them, what is the most embarrassing story you can tell me about your mommyhood adventures? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, I would have to say, now this is embarrassing for me. My, my daughter was too young to understand. But I would have to say that when I was, you know, still going to an office, I was preparing and packing her for her daycare when we lived in the city, in, in the city of Boston. And I was... Um, you know, you get you get their change of clothes and their little their little blankie and you know all the stuff that they need for their their school and the lunch and I thought I was just so organized and um, <laughs> I remember picking her up the next day and in a plastic bag was a pair of my underwear that said this was stuck to the blanket I think they belong to you oh jeez <laughs> oh and so I I. I turned bright red and said, well, thanks so much for giving my underwear back. So everything was organized and everything was there. But you know how, like, sometimes the, like, the lint, it'll get stuck in between a blanket? Yeah, that was definitely most embarrassing. <laughs> well, hey, she, was, she wasn't in her pajamas, so you were ahead of, you yes, were ahead of the that game. Is true. <laughs> that is true, for sure. But that was yeah, definitely did, not I, my finer moments. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I was at town and country, I, I worked when I had at least my youngest, I worked uh, home for my home office for um, some of the time. And I, I just remember every time I picked up the receiver to do some kind of interview or phone call, the kids, you know, began to beat one another, you know, they began yeah. to beat each other up and scream and yell. And someone said, because they didn't know, I, you know, I thought it was in the office. They said, do, do we hear children? And I said, oh, God, yes. Imagine the nerve of someone bringing these monsters to the office. <laughs> Oh, too funny. Oh, I love it. I love it. I will say a lot of people, you know, say, oh, you're so lucky you get to work from home, but you definitely get to make your own schedule. But it is not it is not as easy as people think because you have to manage it. I mean, you know, there's time where you need computer time, and that takes away from your kids' time. And, you know, there's a lot of different things like 
at an office, you shut down your computer and you leave for the day. You know, here it's like, okay, I didn't get any of my work done. My kids are in bed. Now I have to, like, turn my computer on and do the work at 8 o'clock at night when I'm exhausted. So it's definitely, you know, there's positives and negatives to, to going to an office and, you know, working at home for sure. It's not, the grass is always greener. The way I Usually, like you know, the the kids ignore you until you have something to do. Then all of a sudden, oh, they want totally. your attention, right? Totally. They don't. The only I mean, way to get your kids' attention is to sit down. <laughs> exactly, sit down. I had a friend who sit actually, down. I had a friend who who actually went to have a a harmless mole removed to find some place to lie down at you know three in the afternoon. <laughs> so. Oh. oh, so funny! I I think one of my quotes in in the book that I wrote was, "Before children, I never thought you know going to get a wax was relaxing." And now yeah, it's like, uh, oh, I get to close my eyes, wax my eyebrows. This is great. <laughs> even, even a Brazilian is more relaxing. Yeah, than I'll take it. I'm laying down. Anything, anything, I'm lying down. So, you know, also, uh, I, you know, I remember when, when Alex was a newborn, um, I remember, you know, seeing, uh, used a dental mirror to see if he the he was still breathing, right, yeah. uh, when he was sleeping. And, and I used to rush him to the doctor when his temperature reached 98.6 like, and a half. Yeah. And then... For, for Philip, uh, four years younger, um, I waited until it got to be like 99. And then, <laughs> see, you know, I wasn't even upset when it got to be 102 because I knew that kids fever high and here's a little liquid Tylenol. Now, does it get easier with um, with each of your children or no? Having three, oh, it's like gosh. having many. 100% easier. People are always like, oh, you have three. Oh, my gosh. I think three is easier than one. I think three is easier than two. I really do. I, I am so much more relaxed with this kid, and because of that, my baby is a relaxed baby. You know, it's really funny, the difference between the first child and the third child. It's like he just goes with the flow, my youngest, and um, I, I really believe it's because I'm relaxed around him. And with your first, I was the same way. Every mom is the same way. You have no idea what you're doing. You're so worried about everything. I'm still that way, to be honest, with my first. It's like your little project. You know, it has to be it has to be perfect, and the rest, it's like, okay, they're going to be fine. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about first children being very successful a lot of the time and, you know, rule followers, and, you know, the, the other kids are just kind of chill and relaxed. So I think that speaks to a lot of, you know, why personalities are the way they are in a certain order. But I... I fully believe I think one child, your first child is really hard because it's new. I think two is hard because... You've got one child that wants your constant attention, and then the second one's a baby. And three is easy if you do it the way I do it and space it out the way I do it because now the older two kids play, and I can nurse the baby. Or, you know, I, the older one is old enough so that she thinks this new baby's kind of cool, and she can kind of make, you know, it's kind of like her baby too. So I, I, I don't know. I have to say... I think going from one to two was so hard, but th- this has been knock on wood easy. Now he's not mobile yet, so let's have a call in like six months and talk to me then. <laughs> we'll do another show in six months yeah, and get exactly. get, a, get an update. Now the one thing that you did say in your blog, which I think is really interesting and very very true, is use your village. No one should do this alone. It's not natural. Now that's what grandparents were created for, mm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Now I am called Glammy because mom and sister. I love it. were taken so I wasn't allowed to use that (laughs) 
Um, but you know something, uh, Kristen, there, be, there comes a point, uh, which you will see many years from now, that your children seem to know more than you uh, when they have their own kids. You know, Alex has the twins. And I remember he once asked me as they were in the stroller, I was about to cross the street. And he said, Mom, did you look both ways? <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm so glad you told me this because I was just about to rush across the street into you know and so um it's just they probably think they know a lot better which is you know but yeah. but grandparents have have a role of course are there any is any advice you should give for, for grandparents <laughs> two two grandparents <laughs> two grandparents how to be a better grandparent how yeah to not. i have to say i i am so blessed so blessed and i think alex is too to have such um I would say active grandparents, you know, like my, my grandparents, my parents get down on the floor with my kids and play both sides, my in-laws and my parents. And that's not, I don't think that's common. I don't know. Maybe it's more common today because, you know, grandparents are all in their twenties and thirties like you, right? No, they're not actually. Yes. yes, yes, Right. Um, So I, uh, yeah, I, I tend to not give my mom any advice because I, sometimes I think that my kids are, you know, better off with her than, than with me some days because I'm so frazzled and she's retired and totally calm. So, um, but I would say, you know, I think, um, I think that there's a general sense of, you know, grandparents, it's like their second opportunity to kind of go through the best stage of their life. Um, and I, and I love that, but I do think the, the generation that we're in is very different. You know, so just kind of trying to stay on top of that as much as you can, I think will be really helpful for not only your kids, but your grandkids. Like, for example, my mom really never was into social media before, but she said, you know, my my oldest grandkid is now doing this stuff and I want to be able to have a conversation with him. So I'm going to go on Facebook and Snapchat and kind of in, you know, I don't have to really do it, but I want to at least be knowledgeable about it so that I can stay, you know, kind of relevant to him. And she just never wants to be like, you know, the old grandparents. So uh, that would be my only advice because I really think at, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you have only the best interest for your, for your children. So. Oh, definitely. And the good thing about grandparents is that you can, you can give them back. <laughs> I know, that's what my mom you know, says. She's like, this is the best. <laughs> you don't, because if they're actually your, I mean, where do you, you can't, they're yours. Where, you where do you give them? You get to, you get sleep, to sleep, at sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. And also if you want to give them a little sugar or if you, I mean, yeah. so, yep, so, yep. So it's, you can, you can do that. Although they yeah. don't, they don't, they're, you know, sugar is a big thing. We're not supposed to give any child sugar. They're supposed oh, to. God. We just got back from the dentist and that's, that's like the biggest scare for my kids. It's like, Oh, I'm never going to eat sugar. And it lasts about a day. <laughs> and then we get home. And, you I know, know. It's like, okay. No, no, no sugar, no sugar. No sugar for the day, and then the fear is gone of the dentist, and we go back to sugar. But, no, it's hard. I mean, there's you have to, even today now, it's like food is so different, right? There's so much sugar in everything. If you even just look at, like, bread that you're buying, it's like the sugar content is really insane. So it does make me a little nervous, too. But I also feel like, you know, everything in balance. It's like I don't want to make my kids crazy, you know, about everything. I want them to enjoy life, and I want them to obviously be healthy, but... I want them to know how to eat well, and obviously that's watching your sugar, but, you know, it is it is what it is. I loved sugar growing up, and my mom limited it, and guess what? I still love sugar as an adult, and I try to limit it, so 
I tried I tried to not give Alex any sugar when he was little. And when we moved to France, I was like, no, 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 no sugar, no, no, nothing. I told yeah. my mother, do not give him white bread, do not give him sugar. <laughs> and then, of course, she gave him like a baguette and I think chocolate ice cream. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's not going to like that. He never has sugar. And he said, oh. Ice cream, <laughs> bread. You know, it was like that was it. It was like, are you well, kidding? Well, listen, if the kids living in France, you can't deny them bread or sugar. I mean, that's like no. you know, what they're known for. <laughs> no, can't can't deny ourselves that either. What can I tell I you? I know. I agree. So, um, any other mommy tips that you have? Oh, gosh. Well, definitely go on my blog. I have a ton of um, tips within all of my posts, just, you know, heartfelt tips, not like you should do this and you should do that. Just more like, you know, I've been there. It's hard. Um, there's a lot of different products I can recommend. Like, you know, when a baby is young, I'm all about the swaddle. Embrace the swaddle. You're going to think your kid doesn't want it. the swaddle. Your kid wants the swaddle. That's the only way they can really sleep well. That's like my biggest thing that I tell new moms. I also tell new moms, you know, after I asked my, ask my mom this, do you love your kid right when they come out? And my mom was so funny. She's like, well, no, you're exhausted and they're slimy. <laughs> Obviously, you grow to adore them and, and would die for them. But right, right away, right as they come out, I know that there's all these pictures on Facebook and people are like, oh, you know, we're so in love. It's like, God, love is not the first thing I felt. Pain was the first thing I felt. The second yeah. thing I felt was exhaustion. And then you get a chance to love your child. And it grows day by day by day. And, you know, maybe you're you're lucky and, and you feel that way right away, right as they come out, but it's a really emotional process. And I think that you need to give yourself time to heal and then to learn to really make the attachment happen. Cause you just met, you know, it's not like you knew them. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's so that's true. one thing a lot of people always say to me, you know, oh, all these people feel so great right after birth. It's like, you know, just take that with a grain of salt and give yourself time. Um, that's another, you know, new mom tip. I like to give a lot because nobody told me that except, you know, for my mom, thank God for her. Um, and then as you get, you know, as you're, if you're having more than one child, you're going to probably feel like you're spreading yourself really thin. Just try to take some time for yourself, even if it's like 10 minutes before you go to bed to do deep breathing or, you know, go on the internet or just do have something for yourself because it's in the end going to make you a better mom. Definitely. I think you, that is very, very wise advice. Now, um, let's switch gears for a minute to talk about women in general. You, you have to have, you yourself have to have an enormous amount of energy. Um, what is your secret for staying fit and also just looking well? If you see your picture on your site, you're oh, gorgeous. You're um, so you, for everyone, please go, go to Kristen's site and for sure you will see how beautiful she is with three kids, as she just said. Uh, so what are your secrets? What are your personal secrets? You know what my mom and dad always told me, and it's going to sound a little cliche, but if you're a happy person and you're smiling, it's going to show through and you're going to be beautiful. So I really, I love my life. I love my kids. I remember to smile. I, you know, I, I think that it makes a huge difference in the way you look. I really do. So that's my number one thing, you know, just try to, try, if you're happy, then show it. Um, I drink a ton of water. I'm constantly drinking water all day long because not only is it good for you, you need the hydration, but without it, I really feel like my skin gets gets really um, dry and, you know, you feel it. So I drink a ton of water. I don't have a lot of time to exercise um, with the three kids in the job, but 
I have recently found places where they're meshing exercise with babysitting, and it's quick 45 minutes. There's bar class or boxing class, and I have a lot of friends that get to go every day, and that's wonderful. I don't get, I don't, I don't have that luxury, so I try to do it at least once or twice a week. And it's not even to lose weight. It's more to sweat and feel good because when I sweat, I feel good. Um, so I try to do that sometimes late at night, like not late at night, but when my husband comes home and after dinner and, and, the, and you know, all the kids are in bed, I try to go for just a quick 15, 20-minute walk around the neighborhood just to clear my head. That really helps me sleep um, or fall asleep. Um, and I'm trying to think. I eat, I eat really healthy, but... You know, I'm nursing, so I'm I'm right now I'm eating everything that's in front of me. That's <laughs> why it, I like to be, nurse. <laughs> oh yeah, great. totally. It's like the best weight loss <laughs> product out there, right? Um, but you know, on any other given day, I really try to eat healthy. When I eat bad foods, I feel bad, you know, and then it goes back to ultimately feeling good about yourself and being happy. And then the, it's kind of like that whole cycle, you know. Yeah, but there's no magic wonder wonder drug. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with genes. I think a lot of it has to do with you know, you're, where you are in life, your age. I've, I'm, I might look good on the outside, but some days I wake up and I'm really dragging. Um, you know, and I try to take my multivitamins. But other than that, it's kind of, you know, pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Well, you know something, Kristen, you're just wonderful. And I, I just have to repeat Aww. the quote that you said. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect children, but there are plenty of perfect moments along the way. That is so great. And you know what? This is true for life in general. So my advice is to take many things that stress you now with a grain of salt, pause, mm-hmm. along with that margarita. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. And drink red, a glass of red wine every night. Oh, for, for, for sure. That's, Definitely. that's that's number one, right? Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, Tell us where you. we can find uh, your your blog. Give us the name. Okay, so you site. can find me on the, on the internet, www.misadventuresinmommyhood.com. And I'm all over social media because you have to be these days. Um, most of the time my handle is the same. For Instagram and Facebook, it's Misadventures in Mommyhood. And then on Twitter, I am Kristen Quinn Mom. So, and as well as uh, YouTube and Pinterest is Kristen Quinn Mom as well. So definitely check out my site, and you know I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook. So I'd love to connect, and and I love meeting people. I do a lot of shows and events, and I'm kind of all over the place. So definitely, you know, if we run into each other, I'd love to meet you, introduce yourself, and I love hearing birth stories. <laughs> Oh, well, my son is having, my middle son is having a child in November, so I'm going Ooh, to go yeah. back to the to the drawing boards to, uh, and cool. he said, Mom, we have a couch here. You can just come and stay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, I like my bed, but I will sleep, definitely. Sleepless nights? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but no, I'm, I'm here to help. But, yeah. Uh, so. Thank you again, everybody. That's our show. Thank you again, Kristen Quinn. And thank thank you, you, Lori, as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins-Michael. I will see you very soon. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins-Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.